0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to the Church of the Palms. My name is Susie Welsh, and I serve in this congregation by wearing many hats. Uh, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us now bow our heads as we prepare to worship him. Good Shepherd, we meet in your name, confident that we are known and loved by you. Here we draw close to one another and to you expecting to be empowered by fresh insights to live as your people. We want to care for one another in life-giving ways. We seek to reach out to those who deny you or suspect us. Help us grow in love that is genuine in its caring and self-sacrifice. We embrace the wholeness you offer and dare to risk acceptance of a healing role for ourselves and this faith community. Equip, up, equip us for service beyond this hour of meeting. Amen. And now as we worship together, may our hearts receive his Holy Spirit, our ears listen to his holy word, and our voices be raised in praise to the glory of God.
1: Will you please stand for the call to worship. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let us worship God.
2: The people of God, but scripture reminds us that we still sin. We need to confess our failures, knowing that the Lord Jesus intercedes for us with a Father who freely forgives us through his infinite goodness and mercy. So let us draw near to God with remorse, sincerity, and confidence, and praying together, confess our sins. Almighty God in raising Jesus from the grave, you shattered the power of sin and death. We confess that we remain captive to doubt and fear, bound by the ways that lead to death. We overlook the poor and the hungry, and pass by those who mourn. We are deaf to the cries of the oppressed, and indifferent to calls for peace. We despise the weak, and abuse the earth you made. Forgive us, God of mercy. Help us to trust your power to change our lives and make us new, that we may know the joy of life abundant, given in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Hear the good news. Christ died for us. Christ rose for us. Christ reigns in power for us. Christ prays for us. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The sins you have confessed are forgiven. The old life is gone, the new life has begun. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ we are forgiven. together as believers, let us affirm that age old, a creed that binds Christians together, the Apostles Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ his only Son our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead and buried. Now together on this beautiful Sunday morning, let us greet one another in Christian fellowship.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to worship here at Church of the Palms. We are glad that you have made it in from the chill outside and <laughs> getting yourself all warmed up. We're glad that you're here with us today, especially if you happen to be visiting with us, maybe even for the first time. We are glad that you are here. We hope that you will find this to be a place of welcome, and we hope that uh, you may uh, find it in your plans to return to us We would love to see you. We want this to be a place always of warmth and welcome to all people. We encourage you to fill out the friendship pads which are in the pews and sign those and note those folks who are sitting near you and hopefully you will have a chance to uh, make a new friend through that exercise. Yesterday we had a great luncheon, our 90s plus luncheon. Uh, All of our 90 plus uh, folks were together and we had a great celebration and rejoiced and their part in our church family and that was a great joy. Thank you to our deacons who provided great hospitality to our dear friends. We have a blood drive coming up today and so if perhaps you have some time in your morning and you can uh, make your way over to give a very precious gift to those who uh, right now do not know that they need it but will soon need it we hope that you will include that in your plans coming up. Next week We look forward to welcoming uh, Dr. Thomas Toole, who is a dear friend of mine and a great leader within the Presbyterian Church, one of the great preachers in the country. And uh, Tom will be with us over the course of the weekend, uh, providing uh, some leadership for our session on Friday night. We have a leadership retreat uh, for the broader congregation on Saturday morning and then Tom will be here in the sanctuary for uh, both the nine and 11 o'clock services. So we encourage you to come. You will not be disappointed. And if you'd like to find out more about the leadership retreat on Saturday morning uh, from nine until 12, feel free to call Carolyn Wilson in the office. We would love uh, for you to join us at that point in time. We always invite you to join us online. We have uh, a wonderful website where you can learn all sorts of things about Church of the Palms and how you can be a part of it. We know many of you are wondering uh, about how we can be responding to this devastating earthquake that's taken place in Nepal. And our session will be meeting tomorrow night to uh, discuss that. And if you would like to learn more about how you can contribute in some way, that would be a perfect place to do it on our website, uh, www.churchofthepalms.org. And we would love for you to uh, meet us there and find out how you can be a part of our effort to bring relief to that part of the world. Another uh, very important mission in our life here at Church of the Palms is the Day of Hope. You've been hearing about this over the last several years and an opportunity for us to be uh, in partnership with our dear friends throughout the community who need help in getting ready for school. So we are glad to have Jane Delgado Semedi and Dottie Tao who are from our mission committee and from the garden to share with us a little bit about the Day of Hope.
3: Thank you, Pastor Steve, and good morning. Day of Hope is one of the local missions that I am delighted to seek your support for. Hope. It inspires us, hope propels us to follow our dreams. We cannot live without hope. Day of Hope is a gift. On that day, we get a chance to truly serve as disciples in service of Christ by focusing on the services and benefits provided to these poor children and their families. These kids, by the way, are our neighbors. They reside around the borders of our church. And we, as the crew, with a shared purpose, become one body in a sea of green, and that, too, is a blessing. The Day of Pope needs three things, your prayers, your presence, and yes, your money. I look forward to working with you on the Day of Hope, and now here's Dottie Tile, the coordinator of the Day of Hope, to tell you more. Thank you.
4: Thank you, Jane. The fourth Day of Hope at the Church of the Palms is gonna be Saturday, July 25th, and it's off to a great start. Thanks to Jane, our first invite letters have gone out to our students, And I'm thankful for a great leadership team in place. We need you to help, too, as volunteers. We'd love to see this campus flooded in green and you become part of the crew. We need approximately 300 volunteers because we're going to be serving 250 children and their parents and guardians. There's something for everybody to do. And I can tell you, you will have fun, You'll meet some pretty great kids, and you'll be extending God's loving hand. We also need your donations. In prior years, we've asked you to go out and buy school supplies, and we prepared the backpacks. This year, the Hope Kids community is uniting all 11 churches and are going to purchase the supplies in bulk. This is gonna extend your donation dollars so much farther And also, um, all the supplies will be uniform for the children. The Church of the Palms also provides daily devotionals and Bibles in English and in Spanish. You can refer to page 16 and 17, the Spotlight for Mission, and it gives where your donation dollars will be working and also has my contact information. And I also want to ask each and every one of you for your prayers for these children and their families and for the volunteers as we have the fourth annual Day of Hope. Last Saturday, I had the opportunity to attend the Hope Kids monthly meeting, and they always update us on all the homeless children in our community. And we found out that in Sarasota County alone right now, There's close to a 1,000 homeless children. And this breaks my heart, and I hope it breaks your heart too. And I'd just like to leave you with a few words from the praise hymn, Hosanna. Open my eyes to things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved. Break my heart for what breaks yours, everything I am for your kingdom and cause. Thank you, and Jane and I will be out under the tree. And if you have any questions or if you'd like to sign up, thank you very much.
5: Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this time of worship in which we experience the joy of your presence. We thank you for all those gifts with which you blessed our daily lives. We thank you for this church and your image we see in each other's faces. We are grateful, O God, that together we are growing to be equipped as disciples for your service. We pray for the church in every place, both near and far. We pray for missionaries and soldiers who serve in difficult and dangerous places. We pray for those, your children, who live with danger, who face hunger, and who struggle with disaster. We especially lift up this day your children in Nepal. We pray for the victims and their families, and we pray for those who are helping them. We pray that you will be with emergency workers and those in healthcare facilities there and everywhere, even here in Sarasota. We pray that you will continue to bless them in their work and their lives. Now, we also pray, gracious God, for your mercy of safe travel as it is a season of traveling from here and to here. Give each traveler your mercy of safe travel. We bring our prayers to you in the name of our Lord Jesus, who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, remembering how much we are blessed by God every day, let us give back to God a token of our gratitude as our ushers come forward and collect our offering. Let us pray. Our most loving God, we give you thanks and return these a token of our love and gratitude to you in these offerings. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Please be seated as Lori and our children come forward.
4: I just wanted to beat them all down here. So let's sit here. <laughs> it's not often. Sit, don't sit up on that top stage. Sit down here so we can turn around and see what our teenagers have for us. So don't sit, sit down one more, because I don't want you to get stepped on. Down, down. I mean, you can even sit here too, as long as you can look up and see. Nice, oh, got a few more. Hey, Jenny. All right, so let's just have a seat, all right.
6: Good morning. Today our lesson comes from the 14th chapter of Acts verses 8 to 18. And I'm going to read it while my friends are going to act it out. In Lystra, there sat a man who couldn't walk. He hadn't been able to use his feet since the day he was born. He listened as Paul spoke. Paul looked r- right at him. So, er, he saw that the man had faith to be healed. So he called out, "Stand up on your feet." The man Then the man jumped up and began to walk. (laughs) The crowd saw what Paul had done. They shouted in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. They exclaimed, they called Barnabas Zeus. Paul was the main speaker, so they called him Hermes. Just outside the city was the temple of the god Zeus. The priest of Zeus brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates. He and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas. But the apostles Paul and Barnabas heard about this, so they tore their clothes. (laughs) They rushed out into the crowd. They shouted, why are you men doing this? We are only human just like you. We are bringing you good news. Turn away from these worthless, worthless things turn to the living of god he is the one who made the heavens and the earth and the sea (laughs) he made everything in them in the past he let all nations go in their own way but he has given proof of what he is like he has shown kindness by giving you rain from the heaven. (laughs) He gives you crops in their seasons. (laughs) He provides you with plenty of food. He fills your hearts with joy. (laughs) Paul and Barnabas told them these things, but they had trouble keeping the crowd from offering sacrifices to them. You know what this reminds me of? No matter what we do, we do it for the glory of God. We use the talents, gifts, and treasures that God gave us. When we serve and help others, it makes us feel good. But we have to remember to give God the credit. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you for giving us talents and treasures. May we always use them in a way that gives glory and honor to you. Amen.
1: be seated. Well, without benefit of costume, prop, and teaching aids, allow me to read our lesson this morning again. This from the New Revised Standard Version, chapter 14 of the Acts of the Apostles. Hear the word of God. In Lystra, there was a man sitting who could not use his feet and had never walked, for he had been crippled from birth. He listened to Paul as he was speaking, and Paul, looking at him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said in a loud voice, stand up, stand up right on your feet. The man sprang up and began to walk. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the laconian language, the gods have come down to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought oxen and garlands to the gates. He and the crowds wanted to offer sacrifice and when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of it, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd, shouting, friends, what are you doing? We are mortals just like you and we bring you good news. You should turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. In past generations, he allowed all nations to follow their own ways yet he has not left himself without a witness in doing good, giving you rains from heaven and fruitful seasons and filling you with food and your hearts with joy. Even with these words, they scarcely restrain the crowds from offering sacrifice to them. This is the word of the Lord. Actually, I've got one more scripture I want to read to you. It comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Paul writes and says, therefore, since it is by God's mercy that we are engaged in this ministry, we do not lose heart. We have renounced the shameful things that one hides. We refuse to practice cunning or to falsify God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we commend ourselves to the conscience of everyone in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not proclaim ourselves, we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as slaves for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who said, let light shine out of the darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ but we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that the extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. May the Lord bless to us an understanding of this His holy word. Let us pray. We ask, O oh Lord, that you allow these words to come, to point to the word just read right into the word made flesh, that we may understand that the extraordinary power belongs only to you and not to us. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Lawrence Johnston Peter was a professor of education at the University of Southern California about 50 years ago. And while serving as professor there and doing research, he noticed a pattern that exists in generally all organizations and corporations, the best and the worst, and it was a pattern of personnel promotion that seemed nearly always to result in the same outcome. And this pattern of personnel promotion was that people in just about any organization he observed were being promoted all the way up to the level where they were ultimately incompetent. (laughs) People were being promoted not for what they could do, but for what they had done. If you were a clerk, you were promoted to manager. If you were a good manager, you were promoted to executive. If you were a good executive, they promoted you to president. You got promoted all the way to the point where you reached a level where you could not use your town. And then most cases, you got fired. You got fired for attempting to do what the organization thought you could do even though you couldn't. This was what Lawrence Johnson Peter observed and this is what he wrote about in his famous book called The Peter Principle. Clearly stated the Peter Principle is every employee tends to rise to his or her level of incompetence In time, every post tends to be occupied by an employee who is not competent to carry out its duties. The real work is accomplished by those employees who have not yet reached their level of incompetence. (laughs) This is a humbling principle with which to begin a sermon when you are the senior pastor. Every employee tends to rise to his level of incompetence. I'm looking behind to the members of the staff to see if they are nodding their heads. (laughs) The truth is, it is a humbling reality for all of us, right? Countless are the conversations that you and I have been in when someone has said, often it is us, who say, man, I could do a better job than that. Why, even I could do that job. You have no idea, for example, what a blessing I would be to a Major League Baseball team if I was given the chance to manage. <laughs> you have no idea what a blessing I would be to our country if I was just given the chance to be president. You have no idea what a blessing I would be to the Middle East if I have given the chance to bring peace. The truth is, you and I are limited. Each of us has our own level of incompetence, and if you don't think so, then step off a cliff and see how well you fly, find the cure for cancer, create life, manage the Chicago Cubs to a World Series Championship. (laughs) There are some things that most of us just can't do. It is the Peter Principle. So it is that the Apostles Paul and Barnabas in our story this morning without benefit of Lawrence Peter's principle were faced with, shall we say, a crisis of personnel promotion these two followers of Jesus made their way to the town of Lystra, and there they find a man crippled from birth. Having heard the testimony of the disciples that Jesus had healed the sick, it was the understanding of Paul and Barnabas that they were to somehow come alongside of this crippled man and bring to him a healing word. In faith to believe that the Spirit of Jesus was available to this man, and knowing that the Spirit of Jesus was a healing spirit, they sensed the call to offer the healing word, seeing in this man's eyes and eagerness to be made well, they offered to him a healing and hopeful word, get up and walk. And the result of this healing word was healing. Imagine that. The healing word was healing. And the crippled man rose and walked. Something happen. So activate Peter principle. It's time for a promotion. The Lyconians see in Paul and Barnabas, room for advancement. Let's make them God's Zeus come down, Hermes is upon us, we are in the presence of gods, and and who could blame these Lyconians, it's not often that you see crippled men walking, some power these guys have got to have, let's make them into gods, that they look like humans, they talk like humans, they smell like humans, but let's make them more than what they are, let's promote them beyond their ability. Now, that's an amazing place to be, let's be honest. It's not everybody that gets a crowd thinking that they're gods. And so we hear what? Hearance of Jesus in the wilderness, right? Long ago, very God of very God, Jesus in the wilderness, with no fear for him of any Peter principle, and who dangles before him that great temptation, the tempter, the temptation that you and I face, that we might think ourselves more highly than we ought to think we might take the bait and make ourselves into something more than what we are. Such a tempting place to be to listen to your own reviews, to read your own press, to say that maybe they're right. Maybe I could run this show better. No Achilles heel for me. I got this thing under control. Maybe I really am what they think I am. I read a while back about the online marketing world and what more and more companies are being drawn to do is to get people to post on their website good reviews about them, regardless of whether they have used their services. It's what we do, right? We go online to check out a hotel, restaurant, a book to see if it has good reviews. And so now there is the cottage industry of reviewers who will be happy to write a good review for you at a price. 50 bucks gets you a good review. 50 bucks gives you and everybody else a false sense of who you are. But these days, perception is more important than reality, right? But to page through the New Testament is to find person after person after person, character after character, confronting the very possibility that maybe they are not the people that people think they are. Last week, just last week in our story, the good news going out to the Gentiles, Cornelius bows down down and worships Peter. And Peter says, whoa, 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 whoa! wait a second. You got the wrong guy. I'm just as mortal as the rest of them. The Lyconians worship what they think is Zeus and Hermes and Paul and Barnabas say, whoa, 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 whoa. You got the wrong guy. We are just as mortal as the rest of them. Page after page, it is the principle of Peter and Paul and Mary and Barnabas and James and John, people who have had to confront who they really are and realize that the good news is to occur and is going to occur through them despite their damaged goods. Despite their damaged goods, Can you imagine that about yourself? Damaged goods, a clay jar, as Paul would call it, the one who called himself, what, the least of the apostles? We have this treasure, Paul says, and in clay jars, we are susceptible to cracking up. We have our stressor points. We may have glaze on the surface, but we can shatter at the slightest nudge. But therein lies the good news, right? Because the punchline that gets delivered over and over again in this great story of God is that it is never what we end up making of ourselves. It is what God ends up making of us. It's not what we end up making of ourselves. It's what God in his grace makes us. Can you picture that early church in the wake of the resurrection and those disciples and apostles looking around now at this motley crew and say to themselves, "He, he wants us to make disciples of all nations, us? we who just ran from him and doubted him and denied him and betrayed him and now he thinks this is the crew that will announce the good news talk about the Peter principle, the Paul principle, the Mary principle and maybe that's why it got to be Mary to be the one who stumbled upon the empty tomb, poor, unqualified Mary, demon possessed Mary second class citizen Mary she didn't ask for the job to be the first preacher of the Christian church, it just just so happened, God using the least likely, the least of the apostles, the least expected to show uh, the power and the glory. We have the treasure but in clay jars. And that's the point, Paul says, so that it can be shown that the extraordinary power belongs not to us but to God. Zeus, no. Hermes, no broken clay jar, yeah. I love that story that Bill Harley tells about the least of the apostles. He, he tells about attending his son's t-ball games and watching the struggle of all different kinds of children learning to play the national pastime. And he tells of noticing a girl that he calls Tracy and how she wasn't very good and how she wore Coke bottle glasses and had a hearing aid in one ear and how she ran clumsily and fielded non-existently. But everybody kind of cheered for her just for the fact that she was out there on the field trying. And every time she got up to bat, she would she would swing and she would miss or she hit something, it would always be the tee, and the ball would kind of plop onto the ground. But Tracy didn't much care, she was just kind of glad to be there. But then came the day when Tracy actually hit the ball. And not only did she hit the ball, she really hit the ball. And because it was Tracy at the bat, all the fielders had been playing in. And by some incredible grace, the ball not only squirted past the infield, but it made its way past the outfielders who were then playing infield. The crowd just went crazy. Everybody on both sides began screaming and cheering for Tracy, run, Tracy, run. She loped down to first base and the coach was swinging his arms wildly for her to keep going. So she turned toward second and kept running. The fielders from the other teams were scurrying to catch up to the ball. As Tracy made her way to second, she stopped to second and the third base coach screened for her to keep going, so she started for third. And by this time, in true T-ball fashion, the ball was being thrown wildly from one side of the field <laughs> to the other being dropped plentifully, and Tracy was on her way to third. Harley continues, adults fell out of the bleachers. Go, Tracy, go. Tracy reached third, stopped. Her coach stood at home plate, begging her to come to home plate, and the first baseman's head was too low for that ball to go flying over it such that it went into the fielding team's dugout. Come on, Tracy, come on, Tracy, get a home run. Tracy started for home and then it happened. During the pandemonium, no one had noticed that the 12-year-old geriatric mutt had lazily settled itself down in front of the bleachers five feet from the third baseline. Tracy rounded third, the dog awakened by the screaming, woke up and wagged his tail as Tracy headed down the line. Tracy stopped halfway home from a legitimate home run and she looked at the dog. Her coach yelled, no, 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 Tracy, come home, <laughs> come home, come home. The crowd cheered, go, Tracy, go. She looked at the adults, she looked at the dog, she looked at her parents catching it all on video, she looked at the dog, the dog wiped its tail, she looked at the coach, she looked at home, she looked at the dog, everything moved to slow motion, and Tracy went for the dog. <laughs> A moment of stunned silence, and then applause rising applause and celebration as Tracy fell to her knees to hug the dock. Despite all the cheering to the contrary, everybody knew that Tracy had made the right choice. We have the treasure in clay jars. The least likely can be the bearers of the good news did you know that you don't have to be anyone other than yourself you don't have to be raised to your level of incompetence you don't have to prove what you're not you don't have to pay for a good review for it is not in you it is Christ in you What was it that the rabbis would say? Better a sinner who knows he's a sinner than a saint who knows he's a saint. (laughs) Or the old Hasidic tale about the rabbi named Zusha who died and went to stand before the judgment seat of God. And as he waited for God to appear, he grew nervous thinking about his life and how little he had done. He began to imagine what God might ask him. Zusha, why weren't you Moses? Or Zusha, why weren't you Solomon? Or Zusha, why weren't you David? But when God finally appeared, the rabbi was surprised to hear God say, Zusha, why weren't you Zusha? Behold this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that the extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us.